Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. My name is Dr. Angela Loria, and I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of the difference process for writing a book that matters. Each week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk to another author about their experience writing their first book, um, usually about writing their first book, um, and what they learned in the process that you can learn from them. Today, we kind of have a special treat because we have a multi-time author. Um, Dan Amzalog is the author of the forthcoming 100 Days or Less to Reaching Your Ultimate Happiness. But he is also um, the author of The American Dream, How Do You Buy or Start a Business Using None of Your Own Money, which sounds good to me, um, Mission Possible, How to Eradicate Obesity in America, and Gluteus Maximus, Inside the Lives of Personal Trainers. So he's got a pretty broad range of experience as an author and in life in general. And so we're super excited to have him with us. Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. It is a pleasure, uh, Ms. Angela. Awesome. Um, so, Dan, why don't you tell us about your newest book, 100 Days or Less to Reaching Your Ultimate Happiness. What's it about? Well, obviously, the title says it all. Um, a lot of it people, really does. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it's actually uh, getting to reaching your ultimate happiness. Now, obviously, it's a very, very complex subject. The reason is because a lot of people have a different definition of what happiness is all about. So this book actually gives you not 100 calendar days. That's very, very important to understand the difference. It's 100 days. So each day can, be, can take the person 10 to 15 to a month to be able to accomplish. So it's 100 days, not calendar, but actually days. Got it. So we actually, yeah. So we're actually helping yeah, people no, on how yeah. to understand. And how to understand what? Yes, we're helping people on how to understand and define what happiness is all about. And this is why it's been very, very difficult to write this book compared to all my other books, which are mostly facts and uh, and details about you know starting the business or about obesity in America. Uh, this book has to have had a lot, a lot of different research based on the concept of happiness and how to apply it. Hmm. Very interesting. How did you become interested in the topic of happiness? How did you decide to write this book? Well, uh, everyone is trying to be happy. Everyone is trying to reach what happiness is all about. And the key here is to be able to, for me, actually, as a, as a person that's been seeking happiness, and this is the reason why, um, you know, and uh, the, the, the whole part of happiness is all that, like the pursuit of happiness. Pursuing happiness is not a one day. It's a lifetime. So a lot of people, they could be unhappy for decades, and finally through the process of understanding what happiness is all about, they actually are approaching day by day closer and closer to what their happiness is. Some, for some people, it could be money. For some people, it could be having a family. For others, it should be living comfortably. I mean, it, it, it depends. It, that's the reason why when I wrote this book, it's actually um, based on a different variation of what happiness is all about. So I had to really understand its concept and to be able to put it into words. And that's been the most, most difficult part of it. And now your book, is your book completed at this point? Are you, where are you in, um, the, in the process? I am at 90% completed. Okay, great. So this is something that you are um, hoping to publish by the end of the year? That is correct. It's supposed to be published by October 31st, and uh, 
and we should be uh, it should be in print during that time. So before 2014, it should be on the, in bookstores. Awesome. So let's say you're right about that October date. One of the things I always like to ask people is from the from the moment you decided to write the book until the moment you're holding your book in your hands, which let's say is October. How long was that process? When did you start this book? Okay. Well, for this book, um, the the start. I mean, the the origination of the the start of writing this book was in 2010. Uh, the reason why is because obviously it was. Uh, a subject that was very, very difficult to be able to comprehend from the get-go and to put it, so it, it, you know, starting writing the outline till writing or completing the book after editing and all that, that will take me around two years, even three years. All my other books took me around 18 months. The reason is because the other books are a subject of passion, which also this one is, but let's say the, the first book, which is The American Dream, that was an extension of my thesis, my MBA thesis, so the second book was because I myself suffered from obesity. So it was very, very easy to write. But this book is very complex because it requires a ton of research. And so um, so for you, so this will be about two years for this process. And talking about this book or even any of your other books, before before you wrote this book or before you wrote even your first book, is there something that you wish you knew, you wish somebody told you that might have ex- changed the experience or made it better for you? Uh, interesting question. Um, because of my experience in writing books, it's very, very difficult to be able to maybe answer that question because now I know what it needs to be able to complete this book successfully. Um, if, let's say, you would have asked me this in 2001 when I wrote my first book, then maybe I would have told you um, about how to write an outline, uh, which is I mean, basically the skeleton of the book. And a lot of people jump themselves into writing books without really having a subject or, or a path, a guidance on how to write it. So they start something, but they never finish it because they don't even know what chapter to start for it and what chapter to end with. And that's the reason why a lot of authors have a lot of difficulty in completing books is because they, it's like, going into a huge land and not and basically going blindfold. You're not you don't not know where you're going. Wow, yeah, I totally agree. When I work um one on one with with uh authors in transformation and in my three year inner author program, um creating an outline that feels really good and doable is a big it's a big piece of the puzzle because otherwise you're trying to get somewhere without a map. That is correct, exactly. It's like uh, going towards the destination without a GPS. So you have really yeah. no clue where you're headed. <laughs> right. And, uh, but also you know as being an author yourself, Angela, you, you have an understanding, at least an appreciation, of what it takes to be able to write a book. And it requires a lot, a lot of hours to be able to sit down where a lot of people do have difficulty in doing so. It could be either because of family obligation, work obligation. You come back from work, you're exhausted, your brain is totally fried, and you don't even have the, you're not even in the mood to be able to write anything about your subject of passion. Even though if it's passionate about it, you still say, oh, you know, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it the next day. So you really never complete it. And after a while, when it goes a year or two years without writing anything, you basically put this into the back burner and you forget about it. And is that something that you've experienced? And how, if so, I'm going to guess yes. Uh, how do you get through it? What advice do you give people? It's a change of environment, basically, because obviously ah. if you are sitting down in near your desktop 
and you're typing and typing and typing. Sometimes you do and you will face writer's block. There's not one author on planet Earth that hasn't suffered from this predicament. And obviously it is a question of how do you put yourself in a different environment, different either physical environment or uh, go, let's say, on vacation, bring your laptop, uh, sit down near the beach, whatever it is, and write a book that will probably kind of like allow you to write more or maybe different, even a different subject because you should, even though you write an outline about a book, don't be afraid that during its process you will change or you will probably go into another path, which is okay because sometimes writing about a subject might open new doors and say, oh, in my outline that wasn't existing, but now this is something important that I should write about. So be open. Mm. Do not, you know, be open about, like, other options because if you really are so adamant in trying to follow the guideline chapter by chapter, it kind of, like, is a bit difficult because, obviously, when you write about a certain chapter in the book, you, that might open new doors about saying, oh, you know what, I missed this detail. I should write about it as well. Right. Right. I think that I think that's a great point. And when you have been in a a situation when you're not productive and you're wishing that you were writing more, wishing that you had more time, whatever it was, how do you how have you been successful in getting back uh getting kind of back to that flow? You talked about changing your environment. Are there also ways that you might, that you actually change your thoughts or change what you're writing about or what you do? Uh, yes. Actually, it's, uh, that's a, another very interesting question. We, you know, as authors, um, we have to be open-minded because obviously, you know, to be able to break the, the, those challenges that when it comes to writing or changing your environment, um, you have to do a lot of research, especially this subject about the happiness. Um, I could really, I could not put really my mind into the 7 billion people who are living in this planet and define what their concept of happiness is. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I'm not sure if you wrote the, the book about the secret um, mm-hmm. with uh, Rhonda Byrne or, uh, you know, the seven key to uh, happiness, whatever. I mean, there's so many books about it. And it's very, very complex because a lot of those authors have had a lot of difficulties in being able to write or to standardize what the concept of happiness is all about. So for me to be able to kind of like break that writer's block, I go and research more because that kind of like opened my mind into different variations of its concept of happiness. And that's the reason why if I feel like I have a writer's block, I go and research about the specific chapter that I've got to write about and find out exactly if my chain of thought meets with what other authors have shared in their books. Wow, that's a great suggestion. I think that's Thank fantastic. I, is that something, do you have a story you can share with us about that? Well, actually, this book that I'm writing, the fourth one, I could tell you, Angela, this has been the most challenging book in my lifetime. Uh, the reason is not mm-hmm. just in terms of time that it takes to be able to write it, but also the amount of research that I've got to conduct to be able to come up with a very simple solution in its in concept, in, in the subject of happiness. I mean, this is the, the interesting part here, is that every chapter of my book, 
I, I don't call it cha- I don't call it chapter one, chapter two, etc. I call it day one, day two, day three until day one hundred. Now each day has three or four pages long. It's not I'm not like spending twenty pages for each chapter or for each day. It has to be something because you have to peak or you have to keep people's interest in wanting to go to the next chapter. And if let's say they have or they come up with a day that they have a lot of trouble with, and not trouble in understanding, but trouble in applying. The, the concept of happiness, they will be able to reread it over and over again to be able to say to capture the, 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 the essence of the chapter and then be able to say, okay, you know what? In this chapter uh, or in this day, I've got to really kind of like appease my anger or even understand mm. how other people perceive my, you know, what I say. It, it, I, either I'm sarcastic in my comments and that offends people, I've got to really kind of tone it down. So they have to really focus on each day independently. And th- there's a link between each day, obviously, because it's kind of go from day one, which is a very easy day to apply, to day 100, which is a very, very complex day to apply. And maybe by day 80 to day 100, it might take three or four months to be able to apply, even though it's just 20 days, but it might take three or four months to apply. So it depends on each and indiv- uh, in every individual. Very interesting. So let's change the topic a little bit and let's talk about publishing. I know with all of your books you have self-published, and that is over the course of over a decade, I guess 12 years. That's correct. Can you talk about self-publishing? That's a great perspective. Uh, How has it changed in 12 years? What's better? Um, You know, would you recommend it and why? Tell us your perspective of over a decade of self-publishing. Okay, absolutely. Um, from 2001 till 2013, obviously the, the, the world of publishing has changed drastically. The one part here is that the traditional publisher, what they do is they print your book and then they say, well, we're going to give you 5% or 10% royalty if you're lucky. I mean, you've got to be like one of the top, top authors. And um, then basically and then they let you do the advertising of the book. So I said to myself, if I'm going to do all my effort and I've got to do all the marketing and I've got to do everything, why not do the self-publishing part? And why not keep 85% of the, the proceeds? So with now, with what we call POD, which is print on demand, um, it allows publishing companies to have different equipment that allows you, or not publishing, I'm sorry, printing companies, that allows you to be able to print on demand. And instead of printing 50,000 copies like you had to originally, you could print two, 300 copies. And if, let's say, you have your book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and if they have to reorder some more, you could call the, the printer and print it and ship it directly to them. So that's the whole process. So when you first published, process. were you buying, when you first published, were you buying a, a larger quantity of books and keeping them in your basement or something? How did it work then? That's correct. Yes, I, I printed a lot of books, put into the, the in my basement, and then I fulfilled the orders myself. Wow. So I had, I had a merchant account. I had a, a website that they could order directly from, and the order came directly to my email with the address, etc. And then uh, either people pay through PayPal or they pay through a credit merchant solution. And uh, then once I got the order, I put it into the packaging, send them to the customer, and then uh, it's done. Usually the publisher does that for you. But if when you see that they're taking 
a large chunk of your money, of your hard-earned money, because let's face it, you're the one who sat down and wrote for a year and a half, two years, for them to be able to take most of it. I felt this was a bit unfair. Right. And not only did you did you take the time to write the book, you're also the one who's going to take the time to um, to market the book because your publisher is not going to do your marketing either. Either. Absolutely not. When I went to uh, to Bloomberg Radio for the first book, um, I explained that same uh, part of the, the the complexity of marketing because a lot of people have to themselves present to Barnes and Noble or Borders and do like uh, book signing. You're the one who has to do it because the publisher does not just have one author under their belt. They have 50, 60 to 80 authors. They could not publish or market every of those authors. Unless if you're Stephen King, and then they'll do the, part, the publishing for you, the printing, the, the promotion for you. But if you're just a startup or author, I would say to uh, go all the way, and you're the one who has to do the marketing. You're the one who has to promote yourself. You're the one who has to go on radio shows like this one here. You have to go and, uh, and call radio stations and press release. I mean, you've got to do most of it. I would say a good 95% of it. And the 5% is basically what the publisher would do, which they will put your name in their website, they will put your cover uh, cover page on your on their website. So, compared to what they do versus what you need to do, I would say that self publishing is the best way or the best option for you. Wow! And so, do you feel like it's gotten easier for you over time? Absolutely. I mean, in the market? It, it it did become easier because I have the experience, I have the knowledge, um, and knowledge is power. And uh, when it comes to uh, to helping others, because one part of my consulting uh, business is to help other authors get published. And when I help other authors get published, not to put them in contact with a publishing company, because that will be some kind of conflict of interest here, uh, but actually help them in promoting themselves and publishing themselves, because that will give them a more a better appreciation to all the hard work. Because let me tell you, printing a book or finishing a book, this is just the tip of the iceberg because the mm -hmm. hard work is right after. The writing is easy. So what, uh, what are some of the mistakes that you have seen people make that have wanted to publish, uh, they wanted to self-publish and come to you? What, what mistakes do you see that are most common that first-time authors make? They, they lose hope very quickly. That's one of the main, main issues that uh, first-time authors do, do suffer from. So I would say that no matter what happens, if you take in a year, two years out of your life, because let me tell you, that requires a lot of time to write and to be able to organize your thoughts and to be able to come up with something that is easy to read for, for all your uh, other readers. So past that part, uh, you're going to face a lot of challenges when it comes to uh, promoting your book. And uh, when you're going to be able to face those challenges, it will depend on if you're ready to overcome them or say, ah, oh, forget it, or I'm just going to go and call a, a literary agent to be able to take the task of promoting me. But then again, like I said, you're cutting a lot on your royalty, and uh, you have to realize that probably you're not going to hit the 250,000 copies to be a New York bestseller from the get-go. You're going to have to really right. push and push and push to a point of getting Probably, you know, if you're lucky, 20, 30,000 copies, that you should be very, very uh, uh, lucky about that. But 
the, the key is to always be there, always be in the face of every other people and uh, letting them know that you have a book that will change their lives, depending exactly on the subject. But if you come up with a new theory and that will make a change in the world, yeah, you've got to make sure to call the right people so they could promote the book for you. That's the key. And you cannot do the right. whole thing yourself. So let's talk about being an author. What are some of the things that have happened to you because you're an author? Opportunities you've had, people you met. Why, why is it worth it to you to be an author? Well, it gives you a notoriety in the subject. I mean, it's, uh, when you do, because I'm a public speaker as well, so when you actually go and do presentation, you have to really have, I would say, experience in the subject. And writing is what makes you, I would say, some kind of like a knowledgeable individual in the specific subject. So when I help people or entrepreneurs in starting businesses, you know, using leverage techniques, um, I have at least the information behind me that will enable me to be able to make other people understand it. If, let's say, my consulting hour is not enough for them to understand, at least I have my book to be able to complement what I've already uh, tried to teach them. So if you don't have anything behind or any, uh, any subject that you wrote about, then other people will not really take you as seriously as if you are a published author. So do you have a so, specific yes. example you can give us, a time that you, uh, you know, that you actually experienced that as an author? Well, I mean, when it comes to uh, my first book, The, the American Dream, um, that enabled me to uh, open new doors in terms of consulting for, on that subject. So once I got my book published, a lot of people ordered the book, and after reading the book, those who didn't have a complete understanding or they did have some doubts or some uh, concern or, or some misunderstanding about the subject, they would call me and say, okay, well, we'd like to be able to, I didn't understand that part or this part, and that allowed me to be able to at least, you know, fill in the gaps. The same thing for uh, the obesity book. Since I was obese myself and from obesity I became, I, I went into professional bodybuilding, that enabled me to be able to help people pass that, that part of their life that is really difficult in terms of being overweight and let them adapt a new healthy lifestyle. So all of this complements my knowledge. I mean, I've been a fitness trainer for over 20 years. So writing a book about fitness makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And are there, have you, um, let's talk about book sales a little bit. What are some realistic goals that you think people can set in terms of book sales, and what are some of the ways that you have found to be most successful to get your book into people's hands? Well, first of all, you have to have a website, okay, a website that uh, puts all your books, um, you know, like online. Um, you have to have books on uh, Barnes & Noble, and the Barnes & Noble and Amazon, it's a bit difficult to be able to uh, send, I mean, to, to get them to approve the book. It depends on how many other books were written about the same subject. So you have to have really something totally different and unique, the way that you wrote your book, for them to approve it. Mm -hmm. so it's not everyone that could get approved. So you have to really be uh, persistent and send them the book, either send them um, a few chapters for them to at least require a little bit more information, and then you could send them the full book. I mean, it, it all depends on your effort, Angela. I mean, you could have an amazing, amazing book, a great subject, 
But if you don't know how to promote it properly, it will be just a book that will never be read. But you right. have so give us a, a tip. Book. What's something that you? What's a specific tip? Something you've done that really worked for you? That really worked. Uh, a lot of radio interviews, um, because obviously every radio station uh, will hit a different uh, a different crowd, either like young crowd, the business people. So you really have to do your research in which uh, radio station will be able to target your audience. So if you are in the south of the U.S., which is in, uh, in Houston, Texas, and all that, then obviously this is where they have the biggest problem about publicity. So I would focus on a demographic that has to do with a higher concentration of obese people. Um, when it comes to business, yeah, you're able to tackle the New York market, which a lot of people are very entrepreneurship. Um, if you're talking about, I mean, it depends, uh, it depends on the subject. You see, the happiness subject is so wide, I could cover the whole planet. Wow. Right. Which exactly. might, take, happiness which pretty might much be covers even more everyone. challenging. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants to be able to, to, to be the happiest ever. So the question is, what are they ready to do to be able to get to their happiness? So how will you target... I mean, that sounds like since that's everyone, how will you how will you target that? How will you, you narrow see, that I down? Would, I would prefer a more targeted niche of individual, such as the first and second and third book. But the fourth uh-huh. book, well, why should I just book then? <laughs> yes, I know exactly. So I mean, it, it all depends. It, it, then that's going to require a lot more work on my side when it comes to marketing and promotion. Uh, because I'm going to have to tackle a lot more radio stations. I'm going to have to tackle a lot more newspaper, send a lot more press releases. Um, so it will, it will require a lot more effort on my side to be able to cover a wider audience. So, but then again, the subject of happiness, it's a very popular subject because a lot of people suffer from depression. And if you really understand it, it's, even though some people say it's a chemical imbalance, but you have to really understand what the core and what the origination of the depression is. And if you really go deep inside and you really try to understand, I hope that my book will be able to at least clarify a few of their doubts on to why they, uh, they are unhappy instead of going and seeing a, a psychiatrist. Right. So let's talk about the process of becoming an author. I know it's hard, but think back to before 2001, before your first book, and a lot of people, I don't know if this was you, but a lot of my clients, the people that I work with one-on-one on their books, they have this idea of what life is going to be like once their book is written, uh, what life is going to be like as an author. And sometimes the reality doesn't match up with this image in their head. So let's talk about what was your image when you first decided to become an author and how has it been different maybe than you expected? Well, obviously, you know, you have to, you should not write for those reasons. You should not write because your life is going to change or you're going to become the, the most published or the, the most popular author out there. You have to write because it is a passion. You have mm. to write because it's something that you want to share with other people. I know a lot of authors that wrote books and didn't even, you know, took it to anywhere. It was for them, it was very therapeutic to be able to write. If you're writing to be able to be, if you're writing for the purpose of being rich, then I would say to start changing your, uh, you know, your way of seeing the, the end result of being an author. Yeah. Because that's not going to happen. Unless, like I said, 
if your book is being captured by a publisher and they, they really push and push with the promotion for you and then you become a New York bestseller, then, yes, you will make money. I'm not saying that you're going to make as much money as a publisher, mm-hmm, but, that's but you will very... make money. But the thing is, I mean, look, who wouldn't wish to be able to be J.K. Rowland, the one who wrote Harry Potter? I mean, you know, from right. her, you know, what she was before in welfare and now she's richer than the, the, the Queen Elizabeth, then, you know, okay. you start saying, well, if she did it, how come I cannot do it? But, you know, she didn't do it for that purpose. She didn't do it because she knew that Harry Potter would become a multinational uh, success. She wrote it because she had kids and she knew that, you know, a fiction book about, like, uh, you know, what was the content. I didn't read all the Harry Potters, but that would interest her kids. And that was the purpose for her. But then it became a popular, uh, a popular book. Right, right. Yeah, what I like to say is, like, yes, that happens, but it's a little bit like winning the lottery, and um, you definitely, as an author, don't want to make that your your only goal. There are lots of great things that can come out of being an author. Um, and so I guess that's, you know, that's my last question for you is just um, any advice, what, is there any advice that you would give um, in, in our last minute here to people that want to write a book that haven't done it yet? Any kind of final parting words of advice? Um, yes. Um, actually, the, the best, best advice I can give is that you have to really write something that you have the most passion for. And that I'm going to, you know, reiterate myself over and over again when it comes to that. It is because if you do not write a book in which you're passionate about the subject, I could guarantee anything that you're going to stop halfway and you will not complete the book. So you have to write something that you love, something that really interests you and something that you really are looking forward to be able to write about because this is going to be a very difficult journey. And uh, the destination is going to be definitely, you know, as being uh, a published author, you're going to really feel great about the end result, even though it will not end up to be a multinational success, but at least you can say that, you know what, that was something that I love doing. Absolutely. Well, that was great uh, advice, Dan. Thank you so much for being on the call today. Uh, Dan's book is called, it's coming out soon, it's called 100 Days or Less to Reaching Your Ultimate Happiness. Um, Dan Amzalag, his last name is spelled A-M-Z-A-L-L-A-G. You can find his other books on Amazon and stay tuned in 100 Days or Less to Reaching Your Ultimate Happiness. We'll be there soon. Dan, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you very much for having me, Angela. I really, really appreciate it, and I hope that my uh, participation actually helped a lot of future authors understand what it means to be able to become one. I'm sure it has. So together we are changing the world one book at a time, and we will be back next week doing it again. Thank you very much.